Oh, what? You, you don't know what an upper deck is? It's where you defecate in the cistern of a toilet. <laughs> I, like how, I like how clinically you explain that. I mean, you did say you shit in the top of a toilet. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it classy. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Returning after a couple of weeks off, Nathan Hennessy. Always happy to be back. And Kieran Stockton. Hi, oh, great. Oh, thanks for the intro. Don't get I was, and uh, that work. <laughs> I was trying to think of something, but nothing came, so. We've dragged this out of the shed. Is KS. <laughs> also, I had like halfway through Nathan's introduction, I was like, why am I doing this like a game show? Again, <laughs> I loved it. Uh, how are you? Tired, but good. You would be tired. Mm. Why Tasmania? This is something Tasmanian. It's been a battle of a week, hey. It's yeah. I feel like I've been running through fields okay. day after day. I can see a, he's got a glint of triumph in his eyes, so I'm sure he's got a story to tell. If you, you, you uh, feel like you've woken up and it's year 2042. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh, tease me. Um, yeah. Uh, Kieran, how, uh, how are you, mate? It's been a, been a while since you've been on here. It has been a little while. Um, I'm okay. I'm Too okay. long, I, I would say. Too long. I missed, I missed all of you terribly. Uh, yeah, I've been okay. New job. Lots of driving. Lots of traffic. Uh, but um, lots now, of uh, Witcher books on audio, <coughs> on Audible. Nice. So Good choice. I finished so the whole series. Whoa. For wow. Me. I haven't. And there's spin-offs now that I didn't know about. And so, oh, yeah, shit, really? Remember, yeah, there's it's Season of Storms, it's called. So it's it takes place <gasps> oh, I saw after that. the yes. first, the second book, I think. And it's just like an interlude. It's really good. It's like it's more about him fighting monsters because as the series wears on, it's less and less about him like messing up monsters and being a witcher, and it's more about him getting broiled in um, Siri related shenanigans. So this sort of just harkens back to the, the sort of mini stories, but they're a lot more fleshed out than the the micro stories from the very first book. It's really which cool. I still liked a lot. Yeah, mm. me too. So it's just more witcher, <laughs> which it's all good. <laughs> Solid. Um, so yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, what was my question? Oh yeah. So now that you're doing a lot of driving, mm. are you going to give the well played, uh, podcast a spin? Only the ones that I'm on to listen to. <laughs> 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 voice. You, you would. You would. Uh, I love that. That's great. Indeed. How are you, Zach? Yeah, uh, no one knows how Zach is. No one ever does. No, they do. Um, no, I'm all right. A bit tired like every everyone else. It's been a busy week, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that 
in a minute. Actually, I will talk on something very, very quickly first. Update. I, I know you're all gagging to uh, to hear the finale of uh, the Pixel the Pixel problem. Oh. The pre order is cancelled. I'm actually. Oh, he hasn't for stood you. for it. Nah. I told Voda, thank you, but no thank you. Now, they, they told me, yes, you will go back to your previous plan. The following day, I get a message. You're, you've now on this $65 plan. I was like, hmm, okay. I was paying $55 before. Interesting. Go into it. Oh, your data is 400 gigs. I'm like, hmm, I was on 500 gigs before. This is interesting. So then I had another like hour-long conversation with uh, Bodafone about how I'm not back on the plan that, that I was on. So yeah, I've been apparently there. it's it, it's something that's not possible. They weren't physically possible. Uh, they couldn't put me back on that existing plan, and I was like, that's not my problem. I've got it in. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it in writing here from your Twitter team that I'll be back on the plan that I was on. So you got to make it happen. I'm we'll enjoying this boss. My, my plan, and then it's a bit more expensive with a bit less actually to it. And I was talking to the guy, I'm like, that's actually that's worse than what I've got now. Why are you doing this to me? Um, yeah, that's that's Telstra. Love them. But um, in the end, we came to an agreement. So, uh, are they, they sending you a pixel? No, no, they gave me ah. a further discount. Uh, on the plan and uh, I accepted the 400 gigs and again he goes sir I'm looking at your your history of usage and it's roughly between you know 10 to 15 gigs a month do you need That's... 500 so 400 gigs sounds sounds yeah, fine right. I was like I was like I was like look I'm doing this out of principle now <laughs> you, run, you run the deep web from your phone or something like that so, um, <laughs> so look, look, mate, like I, I had plans for that 500 gig, but then lockdown hit, you know, so I haven't been able to. What know. the fuck is a 500 gig phone plan? Like it's only <laughs> just dawned on me that that is absolutely ludicrous. Um, oh shit. Now I've just realized too. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I was just going along with it because I'm enjoying the narrative. Yeah, but I think I'm on like now, 40. You've asked me to suspend my disbelief. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm on. Four gigs like a fucking peasant. <laughs> the principal. Yar har har. Mate, you what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know, you've got to back yourself in, you know. So. Oh, God. You've anyway. certainly done that, my friend. I have, I have. No, look, I'm, uh, I'm happy. It's, you know, it's fine. All right, let's get... Uh, oh, no, sorry. The, the other thing I actually was going to talk about, and I did hint on this last week, but... Uh, last Friday, no, last Thursday evening, sorry, uh, I actually had a chat with Charles Cecil of Revolution yeah, Software, who, you did. if you'd if you'd seen my uh, tweet, he's like my gaming idol or whatever you want to call it, like my favorite games industry person. Um, his series or Revolution Software's series, Broken Sword, is like the game that sort of got me into point-and-click adventures, and Kieran knows how much I love those. And You do. Um, non you know, and, and, and it wasn't just uh, that. It's like you know, um, even getting me into history and like the Knights of Templars and stuff like that's the game that sort of 
you know, where that was all born. So it was amazing to chat with him and the interview, I think I'm going to release it as a podcast. That's a maybe because um, there's like an hour, hour long chat there. So I'm not sure how long that's going to take to, you know, write out, but um, hopefully something will be up on the website soon. And, that, and that's for the main, the main crux of that chat was to talk about Beyond a Steel Sky, which is what I've been playing uh, over, the, over the past couple of weeks, but haven't really wanted to talk about yet, um, which is coming to consoles on late November, but I believe in Australia early December, but that might be just physical. So don't hold me to that. I believe the digital is still late November, but physical is early December, and we will have a competition going for a collector's edition at some point in the next couple of weeks. Nice. I think it's a good physical edition, though. Oh, how good, Matt. How good. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was a lovely bloke, and it was an amazing chat. And um, I'm a sh- um, he. It was. I don't know if you've seen. You, you might have seen the the pictures, but the pictures I put up of of him was about 10 seconds of good uh, video footage that I was able to to get because it looked like he was basically sitting in the dark for the for the whole entire chat. I could barely I could see the outline of his but like of his face, but I couldn't actually see his face. Um, but uh, so I was hoping to do it as a as a video interview for the YouTube channel, but that won't be the case because the footage is because you're interviewing for me is, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be anybody. You know, like, who knows who's behind um, there in the dark? But well, one thing I did is uh, I actually brought a Foster's can. Now, if you know the reason why, I appreciate you. I do. But in the very, very first game, so beneath the, so beyond a still sky is what he is calling a spiritual successor to beneath a still sky, which came out about 25 ye- years ago. Uh, the main character for both those games is a guy called Robert Foster whose name is, he's named that because he is a fostered person and they also find a can of fosters um, in the, you know, in the game. So they're like, let's call him Rob Foster. Uh, so I thought, hey, why not, you know, I love fosters, why not bring a can of fosters uh, beer to the, uh, to the interview? And loved uh, he loved it. He also told me that uh, fosters actually reached out to him and, off, and gave him a cease and desist. Um, Fuck. On the beer. Um, it's so weird. It's like free advertising. I thought there was a good twist coming. It wasn't good. <laughs> no. Well, then he goes. He goes, I bet, I bet you they'd love, us, they'd love it for us to put their beer uh, in our games now. So uh, I, felt, <laughs> I felt attacked. But uh, no, it was a good chat. So look forward to that going up at some point. Nice. That's uh, awesome. Nathan, I know you're a fan yeah, absolutely. Uh, Broken Sword was the number two game to get me into point and click. It it was just edged out of pole position by my next favourite point and click game as a as a youngster, which was oh, the God. Spy Fox series of oh. point and click adventure games. Spy Fox. I'm seeing vacant stares. Spy oh, Fox, no. Spy Fox, no. Uh, I can't say. No. Oh well, there's someone there's someone listening <laughs> that knows about Spy Fox. But anyway, yes, uh, exactly right. Broken Sword, though, uh, I was playing that on PC, the first one. The, oh, my goodness. I just remember just being absolutely wrapped up in the color palette because it starts off in Paris, and mm. it's stunning back when you first play it. And then you look at it with the modern eye, and it looks like absolute trash, but they've, re- they've, re- they've re-released yeah. it, and it's been touched up, hasn't it? Yeah. it looks. I actually think it, look, think it looks really good. And they, an interesting thing about Broken Sword is the, they, like the first two were the sort of that little that Disney-ish 
um, cartoon, not cartoon, but like that art. Kind of the 60s Disney, like yeah. 101 Dalmatians and shit. And then three went 3D. I think it's three or four. Yeah, yep. three went no, it was 3D. three and four. Yeah. 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 Um, and fans didn't love it as much. Uh, so then five, they went back to um, to the old school 2D sort of hand-drawn style. And it's actually not bad. Have you played five? No, 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 no. Yeah. I really want to actually just go back to one yeah. playthrough. I want to skip three, go to four and then five. Three once one time round on three was enough for me. I bought oh, them on. It, it, was it stylized? Was it like Android? Broken Sword three D? You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like it was. Good. It kind of looked like I don't know, like a Tomb Raider game and stuff like yeah. that. And it had like fixed camera angles. But did they have three D in the title? Because the third. No, game thankfully in 3D. not. It was just no, three. That's just something something dragon. Sleep. I can't remember. It had dragon in the yeah. title, yeah. The sleeping dragon. I'm pretty sure. Sleeping dragon. That's just yeah. a missed opportunity. And. The thing that right. pissed me right the fuck off is they managed to squeeze the dragon in, right? And the game didn't need a dragon, <laughs> but they managed to dragon. squeeze one in. Um, I just fought a dragon. I actually, and I really enjoyed it. I actually went and bought all the whole series um, on Steam after no before chatting to uh, Big Charles because I actually don't own them on on Steam. I've got them on Android and obviously I played them on on PlayStation, but yeah. Um, I think it cost me like just under 20 bucks for all of them so damn yeah i'll uh hook you up later um all right let's get straight into it because there's tons and tons to talk about so uh i don't know if anybody's got anything they've uh wanted that, that, sorry that they've been playing that they want to talk about maybe we'll cut straight to nathan because he's not doing any reviews but going to chime in here and there uh nathan what have you been playing the, the past couple of weeks Alright, so I did get a bit enamoured with my Pledge Wildcard Judgment, which put me into a bit of a sad state. I've gone into a bit of a, a Yakuza bender. So on Friday uh, of last week, I've effectively quit my job and immediately gone to go pick up an Xbox Series X, taken that bad boy home, fired it up, and I've just installed everything that looks sexy on Game Pass, and the only game series I've played consistently since I've plugged her in it's been Yakuza. So I went straight from finishing Judgment to Yakuza 3, blasted through that in a tidy weekend. I have no idea how I pulled that off because those games are lengthy. Yeah, I reckon. And now I've just made a bit of a stab into 4. I'm about up to Chapter 3, I think. Or you chapter play four. Yakuza Kiwami? And no, no, no. I'm, I'm up to that. So I've cleared off 0, Kiwami 1, 2, yeah. and now I've cleared off 3, so I'm up to 4. I've still got to go through 5, 6, 7. And obviously I've done Judgment, so there's the... Lost Judgment sitting there as well. And it's like, I don't know what's going to really pull me away because I am I keep trying to go elsewhere. I'm trying to dab with Forza and Riders Republic and Call of Duty and I just keep coming back to Yakuza, man. I don't know what it is, but that game is ultimate comfort food to me. And they're, they're all the good. fucking same game. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> the city like is almost exactly the same. I mean, there's, there's two now. There's two cities, it, but they, it, it's it like an old club. Isn't so it? familiar. Yeah, even um, I was playing Kiwami and... Kwame 2 and then I played Lost Judgment and I'm like wait yep. a minute this is the same freaking game I know all this I know all the streets now I don't need a map and yeah, I love right. that yeah uh, in any other game people would just be like ah oh, fuck give us some new environments some new landmarks and whenever they spice up the landmarks you just want to go back to Camarote show anyway yeah there's that porn shop at that Abisu porn or whatever it's called yeah they always it's like the one place that'll buy all your shit yeah and then Don Quixote's which has you know, health potions and stuff. It's always done like in the southern bit of the map. It's great. There's a drug store near the one that near the pawn shop, uh, a few blocks over. That's where you get your really spicy potions. <laughs> so good. Sorry, fellas. It's been a few weeks. 
Um, you're nice. So is that it? I feel like you've played more. Oh, I've absolutely played more. I've, as I just alluded to, I've also smashed a lot of... Uh, I'm up to level career level 20 in Forza, so I guess I'm like three or four hours in, Forza Horizon 5. Um, I bought the premium for that because I wanted to get in on Friday, but it was a waste of time because I spent that weekend playing Yakuza 3 anyway. <laughs> um, I wanted to play a bit of Back for Blood because they've, they've patched one of the biggest issues I had with it that I didn't match, mention in my review because I didn't know it was an issue. The game spawns a fuck ton of special infected at you and it'll be the, like the same variety. You'll just have like 10 tall boys coming at you at once and it's just like, what's going on? Apparently it was a bug. So they've fixed that up. So I'd like to go back, but I just cannot bring myself to tolerate the randoms. <laughs> Adam races in. He might be down. Uh, and the bots. Oh, the bots are still atrocious. Um, I, I know that there's oh, some Borderlands 3 as well. Uh, some Luigi's three. Mansion 3. Yeah, I got I to gotta clear off the DLC as a pledge. Ah, I was going to say. It's like my last pledge. Sense. Is that the one nice. Yeah, and you know what? The, the Dungeons and Dragons flavored one, Tiny Tina. Oh, no, it's not. No, nah, that was uh, Borderlands, Borderlands 2 had that yeah. DLC. That was so. so That's good. a good one. That was good. Mm. amazing mm. DLC. Really, really good. And there's going there's going to be a standalone game, right? Um, that's yeah, uh, yeah. It just got re released. All oh, right, there you go. Yeah. See, cool. you say you're not up with the news, but here <laughs> and you here are. Here I am, just finger on the cross. on the front line. <laughs> I've been dabbling in a. Fuck ton of games. Oh, I also started Yakuza 7 as well, just because I was a bit dirty and I had to tease myself, see what I was building up to. And Mate. Ichiban, or whatever his name is, what a fucking fella. Who, I haven't, I'm not up to it yet. I mean, I'll, 7? I'll probably never get up to it. I'm only up to Yakuza 3. Um, so yeah, I've got, a, I've got a long way to go. Like a dragon, man. Like a dragon, fantastic. That, that's what that. I'm talking about. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about uh, six is song of life, right? I, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm, to- I'm talking about Yakuza like, like a dragon. dragon. Yeah. It's and so that good. protagonist. Oh yeah. He's got something it's in his eyes. Oh my god. He's yeah. like one of my favorite Oof. protagonists in all of gaming. What a spicy fella. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. No, fantastic game. And they're all going to be like that. The numbered entries now. The sort of turn-based RPG style, which is cool. I'm, I'm down. I just, just keep it covered. Absolutely. What a good mix of games you've been getting around, Nathan. I reckon, Jesus Christ. Mm, mm. It's uh, it's been therapeutic. What can I say? <laughs> Last one. Are uh, you still gonna play Brokey? Please, someone play it. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I have it installed on Steam. I just got to press the old play. Damn, I also have good. it installed. I had best of intentions, but then you know, you've been other busy, things huh? get in the way. But. I will get around to it, though. I am very keen to give it a crack. 2042 other things, mate. Yeah, so many things. <laughs> All right. So, where should we start? Because we got a few review games to talk about. Kieran, mm. how much can you talk about COD? I know you probably can't give your, your final verdict, but have you played enough? Or do you want to, do you want to start with I've that I've only first? finished the campaign as of last night. Actually... Actually, you know what? We'll go in the opposite direction. Fair enough. Let's start with probably the biggest one. Let's go with Battlefield. Controversial. Bigger than COD. Yep, <laughs> let's go main course before we get to whatever that other one is. Was uh, that on purpose, Zach? You troll. So, Adam, you've, uh, this, this past week you've played about 15 hours or so of Battlefield 2042, participating in a review event um, for, for the game across three yep. days. 
Uh, not all 15 hours in one day um, for those thinking that, you it's know. It's about five hours a day for uh, my maths. And the man's correct. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, run the numbers it. and he's hit the nail on the head. It's that, it's those Catholic maths. Isn't it? Isn't that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's about five miles per um, per gallon. Um, but yeah, so you, you've been playing that. The game is uh, out now. If you're listening uh, in, or well, not early access, but if you've purchased the ultimate or gold edition, you can get your hands on it now. Um, so yeah, tell us all about it. Oh boy, if you've if you've got your hands on it now, um, even if you've been playing it for ten or so hours, you've probably got. A whole lot more to discover um so yeah 2042 is going in that route where it's ditching the single player and it's focusing only on the multiplayer aspect which for my money is kind of where where battlefield thrives anyway outside of the the bad company games where the story was excellent they've they've never really like the the story's always been there but it hasn't been the, the focal point so multiplayer is where it's at and that's where this entry is focusing on uh, it's got three core multiplayer modes. Uh, the first is all-out warfare, which is kind of more your your classic battlefield affair. You've got conquest, which is a mode that will forever be etched in in battlefield history. It's the the large-scale battles where you have tanks and helicopters and infantry going everywhere, and you're capturing points to to bleed the other team's tickets. Uh, but in this one, because the player cap is is so massive at 128 players on next gen and PC, 64 on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, it's now divided up into sectors. So there are four or five main sectors with a few objectives in each. You take enough of the objectives in a sector, the sector becomes yours. Control enough sectors, you start to bleed tickets. So kind of your, your general conquest, but on a bigger scale. Uh, and then there's also breakthrough, which is there's one front line, there's an attacking team and a defending team. Attackers have a li- limited amount of respawns and they've got to try and push back the defending line. Defenders have infinite respawns, but but yeah, they have to just defend against the attackers. So both of those are kind of more of your, your classic battlefield multiplayer modes. Uh, then you've got hazard zone, which is probably the weakest of the three which is it's kind of a a mix between arenas from apex legends or your kind of your standard battle royale and the dark zone from the division so you drop in you have to find and collect data drives that are collected from fallen satellites you battle against uh, it's uh it's worth noting that it's 32 players so it's a bit more focused and and squad based uh, you have to collect the data drives, you battle against other enemy squads, and you have to extract them. There are two extractions per game. If you miss those extraction times, that's it. You're done. You've lost. Uh, extracting data drives gives you dark market credits, which is a very video game currency. Uh, and you can spend those to get better gear for your next game. So the progression is a little bit wonky donkey, um, and you're still on those huge maps. So 32 players feels, it, it all feels a little bit empty. Like there's, there's AI that defend the the satellites and it, it can get really tense. Like at those extraction points, shit gets real super fast and having four or five teams all kind of waiting in the wings to, to make a mad rush for the, the extraction. It, it does get really tense 
and it has moments of brilliance, but overall it's, it's a bit uneven, but the last mode is absolutely batshit insane. And it is the reason that everyone who has ever played a battlefield game should buy this. Uh, it's battlefield portal. So more or less it's a creation suite where ripple effect, the, the secondary developer for the game has given you all of the maps and the assets from 2042 as well as two maps from both uh, Battlefield 1942, Battlefield 3, and Battlefield Bad Company 2, alongside all of the classes, a whole bunch of guns and weapons and gadgets, and said, go for it. It's like a it's like a toy box where you can mix together, mash, and create custom modes. You can have World War II soldiers against 2042 soldiers, and you can also mess around with the logic of the game, which is just absolutely crazy. One of the, the modes that we played during the event was called Rocket Jump. So you were on one of the 2042 maps. Everyone had a rocket launcher and one rocket. And it was first to 25 kills, but the only way that you could reload your rocket launcher was if you jumped five times consecutively in a row. And it just made for, it felt nothing like Battlefield, but I didn't care. Like it was insane fun. And I think the the best part of it is you can have those kind of meme machine moments where it's just absolute carnage ridiculousness. But if you wanted to, you could create massive, authentic Battlefield experiences in ways that probably the developers haven't even thought of. Uh, and luckily though, if you, you're not super into that, they've also included all of those custom maps, um, like Al Alamein, uh, Caspian Border, No Shark Canals, Battle of the Bulge, and you can play them in their original form. So I actually got to play, uh, No Shark Canals Conquest and Battle of the Bulge Conquest. And, um, what was the, uh, anyway, I got to, I got to play Rush, which is a, a mode that anyone that's played Battlefield should just absolutely love where you have to push forward, set a charge and blow up the enemy's encampments. And it's, it's, it's sorely missed in the newer games. And the fact that it's making a return here is amazing. Um, but as an overall package, it's a little bit overwhelming, I think would probably be safe to say, because there's three really distinct modes, uh, but it's all tied together in some of the best core gameplay that the, the series has created so far. Like all of the guns feel amazing. Uh, little additions like the, or not so little additions, like the, the huge weather events that are kind of this game's version of Levolution, uh, completely mix up multiplayer matches in Breakthrough and Conquest. And additions like the, the plus system, where you can switch out attachments on the fly during game modes. It all just makes for a very seamless gameplay experience when it's running well. There were technical issues out the wazoo, obviously. That's kind of a given with multiplayer games, unfortunately. But when a game is running smoothly and you and your squad have a target that you're reaching for and you can just chop and change accessories and att attempt it any way you'd like, whether it be vehicle, stealth, just going guns blazing, like multiplayer matches feel amazing no matter what mode you're playing uh, and even though there are slight letdowns particularly with hazard zone this is a, a package that is really really incredible is it as good as cod <clears throat> better than cod mate get out of my face 
Um, one thing, sorry, that I didn't touch on as well in Conquest, uh, all in the, the all-out warfare and Hazard Zone uh, modes is specialists. So they're moving away from classes. So like your engineers, your medics and soldiers, and they're going down kind of a hero shooter slash apex route where you pick your specialist who has an ability. So one guy has like a grappling hook. Um, another one has a wingsuit. A third one has a, like a medical gun, which I always find hilarious, like a, a syringe pistol. Um, and then you can mix and match all of your weapons from there. So you're not tied to any sort of weapon class, which I think is fantastic. Um, but it does, it does create kind of a little bit of balancing issue with there's there's one particular specialist that just has this whopping great shield which i hate shields in video games in general so the the shield enemy is kind of the bane of my existence but this guy can if he traps himself in a corner unless you have a rocket from a helicopter or like three sticks of c4 he's just staying there like our squad rolled up in a humvee with a mounted minigun and we were firing at him and trying to run him over and he just took it. He just took it like a champ. So those abilities will have to stay balanced and they'll have to tweak them constantly to, cause I feel like the game's meta will really change because of their inclusion. But if but, you're sitting there in the corner, what's he doing? Can he kill people while he's doing that? Or just, he just he can't, but he's, he was preventing us from taking the objective because he was an enemy oh, on the point. So he was contesting it. He was people content. can spawn on him, I guess. And people can spawn on him. Yeah, it causes all sorts of issues. But oh, I think yeah. their inclusion, the the positives outweigh the negatives. Because things like I was able to, in one of the, the bigger maps, Kaleidoscope with a whole bunch of skyscrapers, a tornado was ripping through. And I was on top of one of the skyscrapers in a losing battle. And I thought, you know what? This is, this is going south. I'm going to jump off the building and go down to one of the other points that's getting attacked to try to defend that. Well, I was the specialist with the wingsuit, but I didn't realize how close the tornado was. So I jumped off and I was cruising through on my wingsuit and the tornado sucked me in and just shit whipped me out. And I ended up on the other side of the map, but I landed and then instantly went into another fight. And I was like, this is this, that feels like a moment that was on like a, a highlights trailer or like a hype package or something. And if it's going to introduce moments like that and battlefield has always been a moments machine because you're mm. always talking to your friends about, Oh, this crazy thing just naturally happened in a multiplayer match. If it can add to that more the merrier, I, I, I couldn't think of a reason to, to not include them, but I can see where long, long running fans might be a little bit irked by the, the sudden switch from classes to specialists. So, okay, yes, yeah, so I've got a couple questions. First one, uh, given that you just talked about it, with with the weather, how frequent were they in your sort of 15 hours or so that you've played? Way, way, way more frequent than the beta. Um, I know in the beta I briefly saw a tornado once and then the match ended. Um, whereas in... Now, they're not as often as the Levolution was in... What was it, Battlefield 4 they Four. started doing Levolution? Uh, where it was like very very heavily scripted that building will fall about three quarters of the way through the match uh they can appear smack bang at the start of the match they can be halfway they can be at the end 
but they are way more frequent. I'd say maybe one in three matches I was seeing like a sandstorm, a tornado, a cyclone, something crop up. So, so it was so it's basically like far a more... Melbourne day then in terms of weather. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's the old Tassie, yeah. all four seasons in a day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they do change the dynamic of the match. So I think they did need to be more frequent than in the beta. And I think they've, they have found the, the correct balance for it now. Sweet. What with um, uh, were there? What's great? It, did did certain maps have certain environmental um, weather? Like like is it just is it just tornadoes and, and sandstorms? No. So the orbital, the map that you play in the beta, is more prone yep. to having cyclones, so vicious winds. Okay. So if you're in an airborne vehicle, you you get blown around. Um, in Hourglass, which is the sandy map with the the big neon city, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, You can get sandstorms as well as tornadoes. And I actually had a moment in the beta, which is one of the screenshots in my review, uh, where both happened at once. So visibility was like almost just not a thing. And then all of a sudden you just see this tornado spiral down and hit the ground and it was just absolute chaos. There were vehicles being thrown around the place. No one knew where they were going. And it was just for like maybe two or three minutes while the, the sandstorm ripped through. But it completely changed the complexion of, of the the mode and the match. So, yeah, they're, they're not always the same. They don't always come from the same direction. They can hit at any time. They're, yeah, they're far more dynamic and far more frequent than in the beta. And... Um... How did the game run? Like, because I know that in the beta we had lots of um, concerns about, you know, the build of it because, you know, there was lots of issues. Yeah. Were there lots of issues again? Yep, absolutely. Um, And I think there probably will be for the, the first few weeks. Weirdly enough, Portal ran super, super smooth, um, which baffled me because it's the the most ambitious and most prone to crashes i would think being that you can you can mess with the the logic in the logic editor um obviously we were playing modes that the devs had curated and created but even with all of like the the ridiculous jump to reload your rocket launcher and explosions going off everywhere that that mode was buttery smooth um and hazard zone was as well it's just some of the the 128 player maps they they did have some issues yeah so if you are getting into it day one like most multiplayer games these days you should probably expect there to be a, a few rough edges cool mm-hmm. i got a couple got questions yeah yeah Far i'll away. jump on in i've got two questions one will be for the perhaps uninitiated who are a bit curious is this is this the battlefield to draw in new audiences? And if so, what do you, why do you think that is? I, uh, I think, honestly, I think Portal is going to be the main draw. And I do think if new people are coming in, that should be where they start. Because it gives you, not only does it give you kind of a look at the history of Battlefield, because you're able to, to play these new map, the, these old maps, uh, and with the, the old weapons and whatnot, which are all remade for Portal as well. They're all in 4K running at 60 frames, which is, a, it's baffling to, to play those older maps looking as good as they do. 
Um, but yeah, you can kind of play through the generations and then you can ease yourself into the, the new style of things, but also there's a lot of variation. So if you want to play on these huge maps, you can do so. If you want to play something closer to a battle Royale or something that's more in vogue at the moment, you can do that too. If you want to fuck ass around with your mates and put together a mode that makes absolutely no sense and will probably crash. Sure, go for it. You can do that. So there's there's enough to keep everyone busy. So I think if you are new to the franchise, this probably is a pretty good place to start because there's a lot to choose from. Excellent. So dip your toes in there. Yeah. And then one thing that I've seen as someone that's followed the series for a few years, there's always a bit of a trend that they drop one of these games with a whole bunch of modes just to try as a kind of scatter shot for the audience and only maybe two of them stick and the rest just get abandoned. So it sounds like you're talking up Portal. What do you think are going to be the two, maybe three modes that stick around considering they're really focusing on multiplayer modes this time around? I'm hoping that because DICE are helming the All Out Warfare and the Hazard Zone and then Ripple Effect being a second studio uh, doing Portal. So I'm hoping that that will mitigate that issue a little bit. But if there is one to drop off, Hazard Zone will definitely be it. Um, this is... A, it's a game with three core pillars and one of them has pretty big cracks in it. So if there is one to go, I think Hazard Zone will be it, which is a shame because it does have a bucket load of potential. Um, playing through it and seeing what they're aiming for, you can tell there is something great there, but I just don't know if it'll stick around long enough to realize that potential. Hmm. I really hope it does though, because I, I love the concept. It just didn't, it didn't, it didn't quite land for me. See, when you say Dark Zone, it just makes me think that the Division could probably do it a bit better, a bit tighter. Because, yeah, when you're saying it's you're on the big maps open, sounds like there's a lot of downtime. Battlefield's already got an issue with downtime. It's, it doesn't sound very compelling in the long run. Well, I think that was the, it, it was highlighted so massively because the rest of the game has almost no downtime because yeah. of the, because of the scale of it, you would think, you know, you could go large stretches without seeing anyone, but say conquest, for instance, because they have broken it up into sectors and they have put those objectives in there. There's always something to do and always something for you to find and interact with. Whereas when you compare that to hazard zone where you're on the same maps but it's kind of barren and lifeless. It just, I don't know. It just, the, those two come to blows a little bit f for me. So it's when you see the potential of one realized and then the potential of the other squandered a little bit, it just, it, yeah, it kind of, it kind of highlights the inconsistencies even more, I think. And that's got, been your Battlefield podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I got another in. question for you. This is, a, this is a pretty quick one. Um, you actually played this on PC. I, I think I might have mentioned that, that it was on PC, or you might have. Anyway, the review event was played on PC. Uh, you're playing on my old rig. As a primarily um, console player, did you play with a controller or mouse and keyboard? I played with this lovely Xbox controller that is sitting here, and I got absolutely fucking rinsed by yeah. pretty much everyone. Uh, and... It makes me realize that I've been correct in playing first-person shooters on consoles for all these years because 
yeah, playing on PC is just a whole different ball game. Um, even, even in saying that though, like even getting destroyed, like I sent you a message, Zach, and after the first day, which we played exclusively all out warfare. So we played whole bunch of conquest, whole bunch of breakthrough five hours worth of that. And I didn't win once. Like it was, it was a whole day worth of defeat. But I didn't really. You are a gaming journalist, so you are terrible at games. That's just how. Yeah, exactly. There, there were some people in that event that just like were pro level players, and it you you could tell like, and they were all in helicopters naturally because that's how Battlefield rolls. Yeah, Um, boys. And don't you say that, Nathan? You can't fly one, and you know it. Um, (laughs) I'm ambitious. But yeah, I played on controller, and that's where I'm going to stay. But. I don't know. I can definitely see the allure of, of mouse and keyboard, but yeah, it's just not for me. Nice, nice. All right, so now that you've played 15 hours, what uh, what's your verdict? Your final verdict there? <sighs> final breath. verdict is that I'm sitting on around about an eight. Um, I just... When you there's can't change it now, mate. The review is live. <laughs> the review is live. Um, I just i i want to i want to like all of the modes. I really do, especially when they're they're getting rid of that single player to focus solely on this. Yeah, I'm totally but, down with that. Yeah, uh, look, I as I mean, if if COD when COD got rid of the multiplayer in in mm. Black Ops Four, that. I feel like felt like a misstep because COD is known for its big bombastic, ridiculous single player campaigns. Battlefield doesn't really. I really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, I didn't didn't miss, I didn't miss, um, yeah, the lack of campaign in that, in that it actually made it easier to review as well. (laughs) Oh yeah. You had a horse, you had a horse in the race, but, um, but yeah, Battlefield has never really hooked me with its single player offerings. So, yeah, it just having one of those be far lesser than the others. It I I couldn't give it any higher than an eight, um, as well as just some little inconsistencies and the the issues with specialists at least on launch. Um, yeah, it just I I think an eight is where it where it needs to be. Fair. Nice, nice. Um, cool. All right, uh, Kieran, you've been. Mm. Uh, you can go check out the review there. Um, you've also been playing a big, big game as well. Um, so many. It's hard to choose. Elden Ring. Oh, right, yeah. I have, yeah. I was, uh, so you, you, you had early access to the uh, closed network. Yes. Um, tell us all about it. Uh, it was phenomenal. Um, it's funny, just as we are coming on, I saw an article that says uh, Elden Ring is so much more than open-world Dark Souls. And in my preview, I write, this game is open-world Dark Souls. Like, it's exactly that. If you had, like, a few words to describe it, open-world Dark Souls really does a great job summing up the whole thing. If you've ever played the Dark Souls games in particular, like I'm not not Bloodborne here, I'm talking about specifically that series, then it'll yeah, it'll be very familiar to you. That being said, it's more of a very, very, very good thing. Uh, plus it's got 
some stuff built around it that makes it its own beast. This is from software. They never do exactly the same thing twice, um, but it's got that core DNA that's excellent. And yeah, it's, I had the best time with it. I played maybe like 20, 25 hours or so over, over a weekend. Um, I just couldn't get enough of it. Uh, and yeah, I think I killed everything. I mean, I think I killed everything in the... Uh, in the map but you just don't know because I would go in and be like oh I said to Zach actually I think I'm ready to write my preview or I think all I have to do now is kill this dragon I think there's a dragon I mean I know there's a dragon I can see the bastard and in the middle of this lake he looks tough uh, so I saved him for last but I killed the dragon and I'm like I need more so then I just started riding around the countryside and I found dozens of new things and you compare it directly to uh, another game that I've been playing, uh, Valhalla, where Valhalla, it's, it's an empty checklister. You, you, you look for icons, you track down the icons, you clear the icons, you move on to the next icon. There's no real icons as such in, uh, in the map. There is an actual map, which is cool, and it's got some general like pictures on it and stuff like that, but it's not saying go here to do this side mission. It's just basically you look into the distance, and you're like, that is a cool-looking building, I'm going to go over there and have a look. And you go over there and sure enough, it's something mad and it's got like a cool boss in it or something. Uh, and that, that happens so often where just the simple act of exploring the space revealed new places that were, if they looked interesting, they were interesting. And for an open world game, I don't think I've had that since forever, essentially. Yeah, since you know the first Far Cries and the Radio Towers, essentially. Karen, so did you just I bury the lead, mate? A real big one. I think it's going to be an absolute classic, and people are going to get around it. It's also a lot more accessible for people, for like game journalists who are no good at games. Obviously, um, <laughs> there's four player co-op. I didn't actually get to test drive it because I, I couldn't really get enough people around me. I only managed to play with one other person. But yeah, it seems like it sucks you not have... having friends, man. <laughs> well, that's it. Not yeah, who, who were playing at least. Because um, really, that should make the difficulty a lot less. The boss's health and everything will scale, I'm sure. But if you've got four people, there's a huge opportunity to strategize, right? Um, to draw a boss's attention while the other person does something dodgy with magic or ranged attacks. You know, it just seems like it'll take away a lot of the challenge. But I don't really care. I'm not a gatekeeper. I'll definitely be playing solo um, when it comes around. Uh, and yeah, the more people who want to experience that Dark Souls gameplay, if this makes it easier for them, go for it. Karen, did you just you, you buried the lead, mate? I swear I heard you state early on there that there's a map. Is, you had some analogies about a map. There is a map. From software, don't do maps. Mate, What's this? There is a. Is this a new accessibility feature? There's a map, and it is glorious. It's. Oh it shows my you God. sites of grace, which are the bonfires. It shows where they are. But it's just like got a picture. So, you know, Stormvale Castle will just be a picture of a castle and you sort of move in that general direction. You know there's a castle. There's a lake you can see and certain points of interest are pointed out in a really... Because the map is quite beautifully drawn, actually. It's like a hand-drawn map, I guess. Yeah, I've seen it. It's actually quite gorgeous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I get it. I get it framed. I, pff, I probably will. Yuck. And you can add... You can add waypoints, which is cool too. It's like you think, oh, I want to go down this corner of the map or add a waypoint. Waypoints? Waypoints, man. Multiple waypoints. What? It's nuts. Um, and what else is nuts? Fast travel. 
Because this is all George R. R. Martin's influence, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's put Miyazaki in the back seat. He's like, we're going to modernise. <laughs> it's the fast travel is is another ac- uh, accessibility thing. Fast because, travel. Yeah, because I don't know. You, I'm sure if you play the series, you say you're you're really far away from the last bonfire that you know where it is. Like you're in a new place. There's enemies around who are tough. You've got heaps of souls or whatever you've got. They're called runes in this case, but they're the exact same system. Um, and you're scared, right? You think, do I backtrack to the bonfire even though I'm sort of lost and confused and I don't know where the enemies are? Or, or do I push on and hope that I find a, a, another bonfire? Um, here you're just like, uh, I'm just going to fast travel back to the one that I know and it's all sweet. So again, there's, there's an easy edge to... Elden Ring that I was mildly surprised by and I'm sure like the elitist neckbeards out there are going to be a little bit up in arms I probably think oh this is the easiest FromSoft game there is but it, I think it's also going to be one of the, the coolest um, and I'm sure FromSoft will figure out a way to, to make something brutal uh, while of- editing this Jordan's going to be so furious that you just called him out <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Yeah, he's always um, not been a fan of the, the filthy casuals, but, you know, th- th- <laughs> they, game, they game too. Give them a go. Um, uh, yeah. did, you, did you get much time with the... Uh, you mentioned the magic and casting. Did you, mm-hmm. did you dabble much into that? Uh, yeah, so the class that I played mostly was the Enchanted Knight, um, and he had some ranged spells, uh, like a, a cool massive sword that you could summon with magic. Plus there's summons, which you don't actually have to be like a, a magic build. It does use focus points, and that, that helps to have um, points in um, magic-based skills for, for increasing the amount of focus that you have. But the summons are cool. They take like a huge chunk of your focus points, which is like your mana. Um, and, but they're super powerful, and I reckon some of them are going to be wild. Like if you've seen the gameplay preview, there's some ones that look pretty, pretty out there. Um, I was about to say that that's yeah. what made that game a day one purchase for me. I saw those spells. I was like, I'm a spellcaster now. I'm doing that shit. That looks incredible. But some of that's those... what I had to ask that trailer. Oof. Oh. Yeah, how good, right? Uh, some I'm of those are dex. actually they're linked to weapons as well. So not you don't necessarily have to be a spellcaster to use really cool looking skills. Like I had a, mm. an Ash of War. It's called where you you can put it on any weapon, a suitable weapon, and then you just you can press the left trigger and you, you pull out this gigantic spectral greatsword and it's very, very satisfying and it does a heap of damage. You've got to time it right because it's a bit slow. But yeah, even without being a magic caster, there's plenty of things to do with your focus points uh, outside of it. Uh, and I had a another thing I mentioned was a shield that I found. So when I was poking around after the dragon, I thought, I've seen everything. There's nothing left to find. Wrong. I found a shield that was like shaped like a coiled snake. And when you use its ability, it takes a tiny amount of focus points too, so you can do it all the time. It just like it uncoils and bites people, and it, it's what? It's just cool. That's like, great. It's just it's very very cool. Also, Torrent the horse, um, another stark contrast with um, Valhalla. Torrent absolutely handles like a dream. He's got a double jump. He can do these weird spirit jumps where if there's his spirit well, he can jump like 50 million feet in the air. He can dash. You can attack from your horse um, to the right or left, heavy light. And it's just brilliant. And as soon as you get torrent, and it was pretty soon after I started, I you know found a few of these bonfire sites of grace. And then, you know, 
she came along and says, here's, here's Torrent, give it a whirl. As soon as I got access to that horse, I was, I was off. I was off on the biggest tangent and I just, yeah, I was free, essentially. Free and a little bit scared at times, but mostly just roaming <laughs> around the countryside. Um, and then once I got confident with uh, horseback combat, it was amazing. I took down the dragon on the back of the horse, um, and it was just yeah, it's it's very natural, and they've they've definitely got something special again. And it, to make a, a good horse in a video game, again, are there any good horses? Yes, from Ghost of Tsushima. That was a good horse. Amen. Bring back Nobu. Uh, mine, mine was called uh, Kage, which means shadow. Rest oh. in peace, mate. Rest in peace. I was yeah. devastated when they killed my horse in that game. I couldn't believe it. And then they replaced That's it with cool. another horse that I called Kaze, which means wind. I, yeah. I feel like that there is something about those Red Dead 2 horses, though. I'll keep coming around to them. And it's not about last week's horse testies. <laughs> it's about how they deal with fucking boulders, mate. It's, oh, there's un, an unmatched clenching when it comes to video game tragedies is your horse tackling a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that has um, excited me beyond belief for Elden Ring. Um, yeah, get in there. It's quivering. Good. Goosebumps, okay. mate. I got, a, I got a couple questions for you. So mm-hmm. as someone who, well, sorry, as someone being yourself has, that has played all of From Software's games? Yeah. Where does... King's where Road? Does, Pardon me? King's Road? The hell is that? That's, that's the King's Road 1, 2, and 3 was what... That was the spiritual oh. predecessor to Dark Demon Souls. Really? That they did on, like, the PS2. Shut yeah. Up. It's like a first-person dungeon crawler with, like, Dark Souls difficulty. I was, uh, was going to say, yeah, I played Tenchu, um, Wrath of And I think Adam, Miyazaki did it, I think. I could be talking at my ass. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea. It looks like I've got to go back. I was, I was hoping you'd impress me, but I'm still impressed. Keep going. There are yeah. a few pledge games for you next year. <laughs> yeah, King's Road, man. How old is it? It must be on, like, the Atari or something. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, no, 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 like, early 2000s, like, 2000 to 2003 or something. Right. All In right. between their Armored Core games, I think. I guess I have to do my homework, huh? Uh, but all the, the Bloodborne's, Dark Souls, Sekiro, I've played them all. And yeah, love so, so, how many hours did you play in this? Yeah, I, I feel like about 20 to 25, like I just didn't sleep. That's a that's a meaty demo or, you know, like a beta <laughs> yeah. or whatever. There was so much to do. Like, you know, I was leveling up constantly and I got pretty OP by the end of it. But there was a, it was, a, it was this windy hilltop that I, that I found and it was just full of these giants. And the first time I got there, they just creamed me. Like, he just hit me with a sword. I'm like, oh, cool, I'm dead. Um, and then I... I beat the main boss, beat a couple of mini bosses and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take on these giants again and I absolutely smashed them and they dropped uh, stuff for increasing the power of your weapon, so it's just a no-brainer to go and farm those guys for a little bit, so I just farmed them for ages increased the power of my weapons, became more OP Um, yeah, I just felt engaged the whole time, like I just wanted to keep on playing, I didn't want it to end (laughs) so the question I have for you is based on your your hands-on so far where mm. does it stack up against the dark souls sekiro's and and the bloodborne do you, in terms do you think of is this is this well uh, in terms do of you think this is gonna yeah like do you think this is gonna be their best game kind of thing like is this oh, gee that's a tough one um i think all in all sekiro was my favorite because it was the hardest it was the most honest 
of their output because you had to yeah. be good at the game. You couldn't fake Skill it. Skill-based. Very yep. much so. If you didn't have the core mechanics down, then you're not defeating that final boss ever. Um, whereas this one, you could definitely over-level and just cheese it, you know, um, be a cowardly right. turtle build. So I think Sekiro is the most pure, and I don't think anything's ever going to top that for me. Um, that's, a, that's a damn that's fine right. question. That's right. Yeah, that's right. um, I'm gonna call you it. You can come back to me when you um, when you finish it. Uh, the second question is based on visuals. So this is a game that's coming to both new gen and current gen, um, old gen consoles. Mm. Awesome. Okay, so from software's games haven't been like the most visually, no. um, you know blow you away kind of games but you know but it's all sort of like in the details is kind of the same like because you were playing on ps5 uh, xbox series x yes um, um how, yeah absolutely. how did it look say in 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 comparison to something like a Sekiro that you've only played what within the past two or three years um i thought it looked phenomenal there's a moment when you emerge from the darkness uh there's there's a little tree of light that's, like, what the hell's going on here open the door in typical, like, super-duper heavy Dark Souls door style, and then the world is just in front of you, and there's this giant friggin' tree, this ethereal tree out in the distance, and there's a castle there, and there's a lake there. I think FromSoft's uh, strength is not in making stuff photorealistic, but just creating, like, a vibe and having a really strong, consistent art direction that it doesn't matter if it's if the textures aren't you know 8k it just it feels and and looks good just because it has a a sense of character and that's true of all of FromSoft's games and I was definitely blown away by the first look of the game and then from then it was just yeah it was just a pleasure to to experience all of it both visually and gameplay wise because I'm not really the stickler for graphics i really don't care if the gameplay is good and if the world is cool and intriguing and it definitely ticks all of those boxes and it ran smooth like i didn't have any um slow down or anything like that i know there's the in dark souls there's some like blight town that it was notorious for being like 10 fps <laughs> there's nothing like that and that i don't forgive um but this just yeah it ran like an like an utter dream and it looks cool. It's got that classic dark fantasy medieval sort of style that Dark Souls is known for. And um, yeah, they've, they've nailed the aesthetic once again. I hope I get some story though. I didn't really get a, a sense of the story. Um, that's one thing I do not like about Dark Souls games is that they don't tell the story. They, uh, they do, it's in item descriptions and you've got to like, you've got to go diving for the story, but it's, that's not my style. It's like just. And then the story's esoteric on top of that as well so yeah you're digging through so many layers to get there Mm, i just want something that i can hold on to you know Uh, so i was going to ask about that but i I figured that the uh i keep calling it beta like the closed network test probably Mm. wouldn't reveal you know too many of its cards so well maybe it did and i just missed it (laughs) no i think from what i've read and sort of okay, absorbed um, of, uh, the, yeah there, there's been fuck all sorry there, w- there was another quick question I wanted to ask because you were talking about grace points like grace sites sites of grace yeah yeah um, apparently and you might have even said this I, I, it might have gone over my head when you were saying it but there's almost like a secondary 
uh, version of those where you can actually save closer to. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They're called encounters, um, stakes or something. Yeah, stakes of Marika or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and that's um, that's right. There's actually checkpoints. Um, sounds crazy. Checkpoints. Checkpoints. Man. What? As in, they're not uh, places where you can rest and um, and level up and sort out your gear, but they are places that you will respawn back to, and you, so you'll be quite close to where you are. So yeah, they've really. Jordan has also um, 
confirmed is that yeah they're always easier so they don't put people off when they when they play a demo so don't know all right, and, and the final question for you, uh, you know my skill set. Uh, is this something that I could def- that I could play? Oh, the dude that Platinum Tales of Iron. Did you? <laughs> I did, yeah. That's fine. Um, I, I think so. nervous. <laughs> I think, that game is probably uh, not as hard as, as, as these, though. If you've got a bit of patience, it's all about patience and learning. If you let the game teach no, you what's good. I'm not a patient man. Yeah, I see. You, I see. You've got to level up too. You've got to level up your Daddy stats. Daddy don't block. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You've got to block essentially. Oh, maybe you can play a weird thing that doesn't block. I don't know. Can you parry? Do you have to open crates? Uh, <laughs> parry, I can if sometimes when I want to. I'm so that. bad at parrying That's a no. <laughs> all the Dark Souls games. So I'm not the person to go to. But um, yeah, I don't. You have to be patient, and you have to let the game sort of teach you rather than take that as a yes. Yes, I'm gonna look. I'll I'll give it a crack. You know, Um, maybe we'll play co-op. I'll I'll help you with the bosses. That's it. You can carry you. I'll carry you. (laughs) All four of us. All four of you can wait. All three of you can carry me. All right, let's (laughs) let's move on. So uh, your preview's up on the website. You can Mm. check that out now. Uh, I'll quickly talk about my review game because we have spoken about Battlefield and. Elden Ring for quite a bit, um, but I reviewed Bright Memory Infinite, which if you don't know what this is, it's the shiny looking shooter from the one man um, Chinese developer known as FYQD Studio um, that was shown off. What does that stand for? It's, I actually don't know, but it's been in existence before this, but it was basically... Uh, was known to the masses uh, Xbox's uh, May Xbox X, uh, Series X event that they had, that like, gameplay showing where they showed like no gameplay. Uh, this was the game that, that uh, kicked kick that off and it looked, it was, you know, amazing looking and it was the revelation that it was, you know, one developer, which I, I wrote in my review before deleting that I, I swear I read somewhere that that he, that the developer had said that he'd actually brought more people on to help him finish the game. But when I went back to try and find that source, because Kieran, you sort of said, I probably need to clarify that. I just, I couldn't find it. So I've scrapped that. So I believe it's made by more than just, or it's been finished by more than just him. You know, the whole core concept is definitely one developer, but, um, but yeah, so this is, and it's also a, sequel or re re remake rebuilding of um the the first one uh, and i use the first one in like air quotes which is just called bright memory which was basically like a 40 40 minute to an hour demo tech demo that showed off what they were sort of going for uh with this game you know um with like the fast-paced shooter combat yeah so it's a it's a first person shooter mixed with uh hack and slash uh, gameplay mechanics so infinite is not a direct sequel to bright memory because that story was fucking wild and i had no idea what what was going on in that one uh this one is just the same so this one is set in uh 2036 um most of the story beats i actually had to get from either steam or uh, like the press release um because i had playing like playing through the game i had no fucking idea what was going on but Basically, you you play as a as a lady called Shelia, I think is how you pronounce it, who's a 
an agent for the Supernatural Science Research Organization. And she gets a call um, and her boss is like, you've got to go investigate this extreme weather. It's all over the news. Go for it. So basically you get in this jet, why not? And you fly to this thing and the weather takes out your jet. And from there, you, you start shooting these other military soldiers who are, I don't know, going for the same weather. I, I don't really know why, why they're there. But, <laughs> they're also um, things they meteorology. <laughs> That's it. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, you start shooting your way through, through those people. Um, but basically, this game is amazing to look at. It is incredible. And the fact that it's made by one person or, you know, 99% made by one person is incredible. Like, the fact that one person can can make this just based on the visuals alone is, yeah, it's it blows my, my mind. But then the gameplay, and, and the gameplay is where this game is fantastic. So the story just sucks. I mean, I w- wouldn't even say it's got a, got a, um, a story. I've, in my review, I, I've likened it to John Wick. You know, it's... It's got a reason for why you're doing these things, but the reason is just simply you know, justification for going out and murdering a bunch yeah, of I people. I could have for that because uh, I thought that was the best dog-killing revenge film ever. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Out of all the but, ones uh, I've seen, I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but, top five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah. Uh, like I said, so it's a, it's a first-person shooter mixed with hack and slash and like almost like dishonesty by powers um so and it's super fast and chaotic and there's tons of shit going on but you're uh, you got four guns you got an assault rifle a shotgun a sniper rifle and like a handgun and those four weapons can you can upgrade those weapons to uh take like different ammunition like uh one's like a grenade launcher type of thing and one is like a sh- shrapnel that like explodes on impact kind of thing and then you've also got like your sword and your blade, which you can uh, you know you slice and dice people, and that can also that ties into your uh, magic powers, which is linked to your exo arm, I think is what they they call it, and that basically gives you these abilities. Uh, and your abilities are things like being able to do like an EMP blast. So at close range, you can basically blow people. You can you know blow them up, um, and it's you just yeah fang like L L1 uh, on the uh, PlayStation controller, and they'll, you know, when you're in close range, it'll explode them. Um, you can do like a like a scorpion from from Mortal Kombat. If you hold the same button down, and it'll uh, drag people in from distance towards you, and then freeze them sort of in the spot. So you can, you know, drag a person, drag an enemy in, and then start shoot, you know, unloading um, some bullets into them, and then start slashing them up. Um, and your blade has other uh so you can use these abilities w- with your blade so you can sort of shoot laser beams out of your sword and it sounds a bit weird but <laughs> it's like a it's like a laser thing that comes out of your sword and then you can all these can be upgraded as well so uh there's another like uh attack you can unlock and it's it's like a tracking uh blade thingy so imagine like a motor blade right and it go, it's spinning like around and you hold um, the button that does this down, if, and you hold it for long enough, and it'll fling it to the enemy that it goes to, 
and that'll like follow this enemy around for a certain amount of time. And the more that you upgrade it, the longer you know that attack sort of lasts. And with your ability to like drag people in, the more you upgrade that, the you know the more distance you know that attack has. And you can, it just creates some super fun, super visceral, and just brutal like gameplay because you can you know you can have like four or five enemies around you and you can like freeze one shotgun the shit out of another one then hack you know hack and slash one guy into the air and then slash into bits in the air come down freeze another guy then pull the other guy that's further away from you kill them and then you know take them all out it's just it's super stylish and it's it's only about three hours long i think i cleared it in about three hours i wasn't i was probably expecting four to five um but i'm not disappointed that it was three because it's it's intense from start to finish it's just full on and there's boss fights but they're pretty much bullet sponges um which is essentially what they were in in the first game um yeah but i mean i had an absolute blast yeah, playing sounds it good. Uh, sounds oh, like a good one to knock over like in one sitting almost <laughs> yeah you could do that yeah well yeah i, I played it with, i started playing it with anna and then she went to bed and then I played it uh, more like that night and I finished it within like 90 minutes or so. And then the next morning she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I wouldn't mind playing more of that, the game that you are playing. And I was like, oh. Too bad. I finished it, sorry. Um, but yeah, like it was quite short. I think it's it's nine, it's 20 bucks US, which is about 28 bucks Australian. So it's only going to be about 30 bucks. Um, so I think that's pretty fair. And, you know, 10 bucks an hour the, by my maths. Given the... <laughs> Given the production, he started again. Here, um, <laughs> I'm a scientist. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm keen to go back and play through it again. So I played it on, I think on normal. Uh, yeah, and then there's there's four difficulties, I believe. I can't remember if you can play it on the hardest one or on the on hard. You first. showed you showed remember. me a clip, and what did I say? <laughs> you said it looked easy. Well, that was that was that one spot that was pretty easy, which is actually why I chose that that spot because. It was an easier spot, but the, the later couple videos I've put up are in harder parts. But for for the most part, on the normal difficulty, it's pretty easy. Um, like the powers are pretty pretty OP, especially the ability to like freeze freeze people. But but Hardest not all, normal. Everyone knows that. Um, I actually started. I've actually been playing it on hard. Uh, I'm about halfway through it on hard good at boy. the moment, and it's a bit harder. Um, but it's still good fun. So there's enemies. Um, there's not really like many types. There's one like basic soldier type enemy, another soldier who has like a bow staff that sort of like Donatello would use, but it's like a futuristic kind of one. And they they have bigger health bars, so they 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 need more damage to take down. But because it's because this sorry, so just quickly go back to the the story that it doesn't have. There's a big black mm-hmm. hole in the sky. That's essentially the big weather um, phenomenon. Go- going on and that's kind of opened up this portal between two worlds and these ancient roman soldiers come through and start attacking you as well so okay um, what <laughs> you buried that lead mate yeah sorry i i was sort of reading through my review and i scrolled down <laughs> and i actually missed um I half missed the part. game <laughs> this is like when the aliens <laughs> pop up in, in in crisis like what the fuck are they doing here um well i mean this happens pretty early on like yeah one of the first few fights like you go to fight some some soldiers and uh, you like have like this i don't know it's like a surge in 
EMP, if that's even a thing. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Can we get the doctor's opinion here? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yep, cool. That's how, and, that's um, how EMPs work. Cool, man. Um, just, you know, just want to make sure I get all the facts right. And uh, As long as yeah, EMPs then, drag in Roman soldiers, then, yeah, scientifically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, bang, you know, these, uh, these, these Roman soldiers are there. And uh, there's two, ty- two types of those from memory. There's one that has, like, a big axe uh, and one that's got a shield and a sword. So you have to sort of, you know, the, the game and the reloading on the guns is slow as fuck which I think is a deliberate choice because it means you have to switch between weapons. You can't just rely on, you know, the guns to sort of get you out of it. You, you, you know, you do have to mix and match and it does create some super stylish, you know, sequences. Uh, your sword could also act as, a, as, the, as your ability to block. So you can actually um, deflect. So there's like range attacks from some of the, like the Romans. I think it's just the Romans uh, who sent like fireballs. Well, they're not fireballs. It's like fire attacks and you can deflect it like like back into them explode them if you def- if you sort of parry it at the right time um, it'll it'll mean that you can deal more damage to them kind of stuff like that um, and you can actually and and it's all linked to a like a a meter like like a gauge so you can't just spam the same powers and, and or slash people to bits non-stop you know once you use up the meter you, you've got to let, let it recharge it's pretty generous it doesn't take too long to refill um but also the sword can be used as uh if you just hold block which you can just do like you can just hold block and they can just attack and attack and you'll just, you'll just block non-stop so boris actually, from uh, uh 2042 the specialist uh. it'll, <laughs> it'll uh, recharge <laughs> your health so uh, your health will recharge. So if you are getting, if you are un, under the cosh a bit, you can sort of hold hold the block button and um, yeah, you can you can recharge and and go again. And there's ammo everywhere. You you never run out of out of um, ammo at all. So uh, yeah, it was a super good time. Three hours, thirty bucks. I think I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Uh, the only thing I will say that's probably it, the only negative I've got against it. Is the fact that it, I've got a as I as you've heard I've got a new computer with a with a thirty sixty Ti so I, I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna run this baby as hard as I can and as best I can so that means ray tracing so I just cranked ray tracing up to the highest level absolutely ran like a three legged drunken dog um, yeah that's gonna be humbling for you it was, ray tracing will do that it, mate yeah it was shit out basically uh, then I went down to high still awful. Um, medium, junk, low, this sucks. So I just, I just had to turn it off, uh, and it was, it was smooth as, smooth as a baby's bottom. Um, after I turned off ray tracing, and it still looks incredible. So even without um, ray tracing, it still looks amazing. You you pay a high price for a very small, like distinguished improvement when it comes to ray tracing. I find like. I'm in the same boat as you. Like you'd think your rig can run it, and I can't. Have you yeah, played? I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah, Zach. Have you have you dabbled in Shadow Warrior? Yeah, it sounds uh, great. Shadow Warrior. Yeah, doesn't it? Yes. Because yes. all you're saying, like but, you're going on about the the sword combat mixed with the frenetic gun action. I'm thinking a lot of a lot of Shadow Warrior going on here, but played, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. I've only played uh, here. I've only played whichever one because there's three. It might have been. It's either one or two, but it's not much. I've only played like a couple of hours. Where's and the new was... one? Isn't there's a new one? It's there was like some cool. Yeah, three's... on its way. 
eventually. Keep it, uh, keep it locked to uh, well played for some exclusive content on that. Ooh, look out, boys. Mm. Mm. Not really. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll come Sorry. back to that in uh, six months. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you've got any, any questions at all, but I mean, like, the gunplay feels super, super meaty. I do I do wonder if it needed more guns, but it probably doesn't given, you know, the array of, you know, attacks that you've got. Um, How many does it have? On disposal. So it's got four guns. Four mm. four guns and each and your sword's got three three up three or four three upgrades. Um so yeah, so the four guns have uh, have one upgrade each. Your sword has three upgrades, um, that can be upgraded and your Exo arm has three up three four upgrades, maybe the oh, sword yeah. has four upgrades. Yeah, no, no. anyway, it's three or four. Um, Plus your mind is yeah. also a weapon. That's that's it. <laughs> that's yeah, you true. can just it, there's like one one um one of the upgrades or the abilities is like you can basically charge up your fist and then you can just go and punch the ground and it fucks people up. It's 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 just it's it's just a fun video game. Like I, I called it, you know. Uh, you know, I said so, sometimes all you need is a good action romp, um, and I, I feel like that's what this is. You know, I don't have to sit there and worry about why I'm doing these things or even care about you know why I'm doing it. I can just go out and shoot a bunch of people. Yeah, shoot and, some Roman soldiers, close the black holes. That's it. And just get it. Get it <laughs> that's done. it, mate. That's Otherwise it. known as a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. um, you know what's funny about that? I actually did write that in my review, um, word for word. I said just a casual Tuesday. But I took it out because I, I thought it was—I thought it sounded dumb. But um, okay, I'm, right. I love I'll, 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 I'll show myself out then. Never mind. <laughs> I just—I was amused that you said your only criticism dot dot dot, and it had nothing to do with the plot. Uh, I, yeah, the plot's I don't really care about—I don't really care about the lack of of story, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. It sounds like a heap of story. I, I think it sounds riveting, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, I—I I don't really—I can't remember the ending. Like apart from the boss, like I don't really remember like what actually. And there was like, yeah, there's you like, just punch the black hole like, and it was done. There's like a <laughs> character <laughs> that you, there's like a boss that you fight and it's like, oh yeah, I mean it's just none of it makes sense. It just not like just none of it makes sense at all. But yeah, I didn't care really. Um, I was just you know in it for a good time, which I had. So cool. Noise. Um, the other cool thing about that is that, yes, it's coming to Xbox still, uh, and if you actually own Bright Memory on PC, you'll get it for free. So that's, so that's pretty cool. That's cool. So, yeah. All right, Kieran, let's, mm. we've been going for an hour and 20. Let's um, give us a quick, well, your quick thoughts on, on COD uh, before we go to the last bit and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, keep it brief. Um, I've only played the campaign, I just finished it. Last night, uh, I didn't didn't much care for it. A bit caricaturish, I guess. There's an Australian in it, which is cool, and they're actually played by Australian voice actors, which is also cool. But they they lay it on a bit thick. Um, lay it on real thick. So thick, and they misuse. I'm not here to fuck spiders, which is. Oh, it hurts, doesn't it? Is, fuck that up. I think it's it's, it's such a specific. They're just like they have it. They're out for a hike. Yeah. Oh, I'm not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> yeah. like, that is that such point. a specific term. How do you fuck it up? There is one use for it. Yeah, yeah. They just they just had to shove it in. That's all. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah it's actual treason to misuse that. Um, <laughs> and also, when they call the plane a sky wanker, I'm like, fuck. 
Anyway. Come on, mate. Come on. Turn it up. Um, it's definitely like what an inner city latte drinker thinks. Which is you now, right? Yeah, well, a, a rural republic, like publican speaks. Uh, fuck no. But, you know, I hail from Tasmania, mate. True, true. Yeah, I'm from... Uh, he just turns like reverse Kanga. Okay, yes. So we, you know, we can't <laughs> expect right. too much from him. <laughs> reverse Kanga. That, that is what I think it is, isn't it? It's like a... Yeah. I hope so. Oh, now we're getting... Th- okay, <laughs> tell me what that is, mate. <laughs> it's, 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 it's where you... You don't know what an upper deck is? It's where you defecate in the cistern of a toilet. <laughs> I, like how, I like how clinically you explain that. I mean, you did say you shit in the top of a toilet. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the bathroom. You know they had to do it. His primary school. They had to start building the toilets with the cisterns built into the walls so the kids had stopped taking them off. Cod sounds awesome. Um, yeah, well, Fuck, all right. The Australian stuff is like worth the price of admission alone. But it's just, it's a little bit, it's just another COD campaign. It just doesn't have anything that really makes it special. Other than the the guy, uh, what, I, I can't remember his name. He was in Lord of the Rings. He was one of the talks. Maybe both of them, who knows? Uh, oh, yeah, he <laughs> was too. Dom. Dom, uh, Dom Perignon. Don't That's him. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that guy, the, the the talk that everyone knows and hates because Lord, Lord of the Rings sucks. Um, he is in it and he does a very good job of uh, playing one of the Nazis. Uh, and the the visuals in general are quite good too. Very very modern warfare esque. Uh, it looks like it uses the exact same engine, um, to be honest. But it it looks really nice. It's just it doesn't have anything new or interesting to say and also borders on caricature but it, it works the campaign works it's over let's put it behind us let's play multiplayer which is you know what we've come for or i have at least and i played three games of that before i got on the podcast and it's looking looking pretty good i'm, I'm enjoying it so far do you kieran did you play world at war back in the day you know i played the campaign funnily enough uh but i oh, didn't play the multiplayer because this feels like a throwback to that in a really good way. Yeah. As someone who did play it, like, I, you know, I, I spent most of my time in COD 4, but I played a bit of World at War, and this feels like a very modern throwback to that in a very cool way. It's got all that fast-paced gameplay. The maps are fucking tight. Yeah, the, um, the maps are so impressive. have been very chaotic, but they've got different levels of um, engagement. So there's like 6v6 and 8v8 and... Yeah, you can tailor just how chaotic it is. But like when I say Todd, I mean like they're, they're the good COD maps. They're the ones that feel, if not symmetrical, easy to move around in or have a bit of verticality. They've got like sight lines yeah. that make it interesting to play with camping. I remember there was a period of, of COD for a few years where they just completely avoided that. They didn't want any sight lines. They just wanted very cramped corridors with lots of corners. Yeah, that was... Hated that shit. That was Modern Warfare for me, the the, the more recent one. It, I... Couldn't stand it. It was in, mm, yeah. it was so yeah, cluttered. Yeah. There was and there's so many doors and stuff like that. I, I could not stand it. Uh, this I've only played three games, so I can't really gauge fully like how I feel about it yet. Um, but the guns I was using had recoil, which is interesting for a COD game. Um, yeah, my, my full thoughts will be out next week. 
once I played the multiplayer and had a bit of muck around with zombies as well. But yeah, campaign, but serviceable. It was the first campaign of a Call of Duty, and I've played every campaign since the first game. It's the first one where the plot from Act 1, 2, through to 3, from start, middle, and end, was actually coherent, and I could follow what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all a series of flashbacks, though, isn't it? There's... Yeah, well, it's it's got a very small central plot that's essentially like a 90-minute... Mm. You know, period film that's actually, I, I think IGN might have compared it to Inglorious Bastards, which I thought was quite actually, apt in a way. Yeah, I, when there were bit, those lengthier sections of, of like just talking and especially like that talk work, I wish I knew his name, when he, they were having interactions and they took they took their time with it, I did get those Tarantino mm. vibes. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, but then, yeah, littered with all the vignettes, which, you know, take it or leave it. I enjoyed it, but some people are going to bounce off it. Sounds like you probably did. Yeah. Um, do you think, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. Could, could no, you I'm see, player, I don't. could you see, <laughs> could you see COD dropping campaigns permanently? I'd or do you think, it. or you think, um, I, I really enjoyed the Modern Warfare campaign, however. Um, it that was, was cool. decent. Yeah, it was, it was gritty, kind of morally grey, um, that was a that was a great campaign. Tasteful uh, revival. Mm. Yeah, I think universally people like that one. But if it was just the multiplayer, I'd be fine with that. There's you know hours and hours. You can spend the entire year playing Call of Duty, and then buy the next one essentially with all the content they have in there. Um, and if you want to get into the whole um, battle pass, bloody and all that marketplace bloat, there's even more. So, uh, but if if you just want to. You know, level up, prestige, have a good time, get all your guns, sweet, learn the ins and outs of every single map. You've, there's just so much content in the multiplayer, and I don't feel like losing a campaign is losing any value whatsoever. I felt the same way about Titanfall 1 as well. It didn't quick, need a campaign. Quick quick cue on your multiplayer approach. Do you mm. do you play with a clan? Do you play with friends, or do you just solo through? Um, solos. I play with my sister because we, we used to play Modern Warfare 3 back in the day. It was That was our... Um, that was our entry into the multiplayer. Actually, it was Modern Warfare Three. We played it like constantly. I have a thousand hours, I think, in or something. Um, so yeah, I usually play with my sister, but or Lone Wolf. That's nice. So, which is good. Which is why I like COD as well, because you you don't really need to play with a squad. It can help certainly if you're playing an objective based one, and you know, I jump on the mic every now and then, but. If you just want to make a name for yourself on your own, it's totally possible. Yeah, Whereas Battlefield will Battlefield smack you down. Yeah, yeah. I, I played Battlefield. I actually reviewed the Battlefield title a couple of years back. Only really team players allowed. I, I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the idea of playing the objective as well, and I felt like I was making a difference even in a large-scale battle, which is, I think, something the Battlefield does quite well. Um, but I do enjoy Lone Wolf going for them kills, sometimes ignoring the objective. <laughs> just... <laughs> Getting it done. Kieran's time to shine. Nice. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll, uh, we'll look out for the review next week on uh, mm-hmm. COD. So, shout outs to uh, EA, uh, Bandai Namco, Activision, and Playism, uh, the publisher for Bright Memory Infinite, for hooking us up with those opportunities. I don't think there's any shout outs I've got to give this week. And for paying us for the scores, of course. For other... Naturally. 
reviews. <laughs> we talked about writers. I think I mentioned Happy Game last week. Yeah, so I think I think we're all we're all pretty good. Um, for shouts out uh, news, we I think we'll give news a miss. Spider Man's coming to Marvel's Adventures finally. Cool. Does anyone still play Marvel's Adventures? Shout outs to you if you do. Um, <laughs> I'll install it just for that three hours and then uninstall. Actually, one th- one thing I wouldn't mind talking about. <clears throat> I don't know. Has anyone read the the? Sorry, let me go back to the news. So, Scorn, the horror mm. game, uh, has been delayed into twenty twenty two. This is a game that I think I backed on Kickstarter in twenty sixteen. Um, so a long, long time ago, and it's basically it's, they've they put out uh, an update on Kickstarter. They basically said the game was being delayed and it had been reworked and. You know, ninety percent of it has been scrapped and you know remade kind of thing. So, but has anyone actually read the update at all? I read some of the inflammatory snippets. Yes. So Ooh. this is a Hopefully very, really. very bizarre um, update to put out. It's yep. clearly not been proofread hey. in, in, in the in a sense of like content and tone rather than actual grammar, but. Because I don't know why you would approve this to go over, but basically they take a big shit on CD Projekt Red and you know and Cyberpunk and basically tell fans to shut up or fuck off, pretty much. Um, one of the issues that this project has had, and I think a lot of Kickstarters maybe have, is that when they're sort of in the you know they're they're in the grind of development, they kind of ignore Kickstarter a lot. Uh, they don't you know they don't give regular updates. Um, and this is a game that's, you know, barely had any media updates for a while. And, you know, and even now after like a year or whatever it is since they've shown off something proper, you know, they couldn't even, you know, throw out like a screenshot or, you know, a couple of screenshots or something. There was just nothing. Um, so basically they, so they tried to justify why they've been so quiet. And I guess on one hand, it's understandable, you know, they're busy making the game, but, um, it, it ended with, um, um, the the update was like, oh, and if you don't like the way our communication is, uh, get a refund. If you still want to play the game at launch, you can always buy it. Go back and buy it again or something to that effect. Um, it's just very, very bizarre. And, and people obviously didn't really like the way that that was done. So uh, I think there's been some, some refunds and stuff. And so the uh, CEO has come out and apologized. And it's just, it's all a bit wild. Um, but yeah, you should like read the update. It's, it's, it's interesting, but also a little bit crazy town. Um, it's worth can... reading cause it doesn't feel real, especially on a platform like Kickstarter where they're berating the people that funded the project to make it happen. It just, yeah. it, it feels really bizarre. I, I think they're definitely, I think they're 100% in the wrong for approaching <laughs> the update like that, like that's probably not a debatable aspect of this, but like I get being frustrated and I get the, the community's constant need for updates and don't get me wrong. The Kickstarter community can be ruthless with that. Like they, they would be entitled. Yeah. They'd be happy with daily updates or hourly updates, but I I like in this case, like, like, like I'm pretty good. Like, you know, I haven't really given this game much of a thought since I've backed it. Really, um, which is the way to to be with Kickstarter, by the way, is to, to pay and forget. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been six years, 
this game was meant to be out like three years ago, four years ago. Six years, is it? Wow. Um, did I say it was six years? I think it's been six years. But anyway, I'm going to read a chunk. I just want to read, read one paragraph here, or maybe two. And this is where they take a dump on, um, on, uh, on Poland. So <laughs> there is a reason why big companies show CG trailers done by some other studio. They don't want to interrupt the development team in the middle of production. CD Projekt Red had a great had great PR for Cyberpunk 2077, but that didn't help them when the, uh, that didn't help them with the final game. Cyberpunk 2077 should have been delayed for a year, but the hype and the pressure from shareholders uh, were more important. Maybe if they didn't push their developers to create marketing content, they could have put more time into fixing the game. Nightmare updates is, yeah. So that's that's basically where they go. This is why we're not doing anything else, because Cyberpunk was shit, so... Um, Spicy. And there's, yeah, so, and they, they talk about... It's like the South Park defense, almost. They they are they talk talk about development hell here. They they talk about the the um the 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 big deals they've got with Microsoft Kowloon. I don't even know who that is. Uh, and Kepler. So, um, yeah, like it's interesting and it's also pretty dumb. So. No shout out. Yeah, if you want a template to be how to be an ass hat, give this a read. <laughs> that's that's pretty well the way to go. But it has no actually, shout outs. That's brutal. But it has. It's there's good has come out of it. Um, so they've actually revealed plans that they're going to do like monthly or periodically update Hourly. the community. Like they're they're going to hire <laughs> someone to do like a uh, like like a community manager type type role and um, yeah. So that's, I guess that's that's kind of good, but yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much all for the news. I don't think anything else as big has come out uh, that I can think of. It's also being run pretty late, so we'll probably wrap it up there. We'll quickly go through to off topics. Who's got anything to talk about? I've got a couple of things. You know, I'm gonna kick it off. I'm happy to kick it off. Yeah, go for it, Zach. Kick it watched, off, mate. Watched a film called The Night House, which is I think we might have spoken okay. about this last. Week or a couple of weeks ago. Is it K N I G H T? No, not night as in um, Galahad, but um, the evening abode. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. So I saw the trailer for this when I went and saw a quiet place too, and I couldn't remember for ages. And I spent ages like trying, like trying, trying to find out what this um, film was. And eventually, I, I found it. Uh, I gave it a watch, and it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think I give it a seven and a half, mate. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. That's um, on my list. Yeah, I, I thought what, it was... What was, that, what was that game that sounds like The Night House that um, was like a, had video footage and stuff like that? It was on a, like on the Neo Geo or something. Oh my God. Fuck it's called Into the Night House. No, it's really famous because it's, it's a little bit rapey, a little bit voyeuristic. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Night Trap. Night Trap. Night Trap. Oh, yeah. There we go. Thank you. God damn Got it. Got it. Got it. Got they could, they, yes. could have gone nowhere. Um, yeah, right, FMV see. sequences, and it was trying to push boundaries, but actually super cheesy. Gotcha. Um, I really want to play it. It was be, banned be somewhere. Watching. US? Really? Grain imports, baby. From Not Bangladesh. Bangladesh, <laughs> boys. Yeah. That's uh, some shit there. And I started watching The Sinner Season 4. Oh, is that a thing? Is there a season four? Yeah, so this is this the happened last three? this happened last time. Um, the series comes out on Apple first, so we bought it oh, on God. Apple. What? Th- through iTunes, yeah. We still haven't seen three. Four episodes, 
four or five, four episodes in or five, I can't remember. Um, it's pretty good, pretty good. It's sort of, I think, they probably need to wrap it up soon. They, um, they need to take Bill Paxton out the back and just shoot him. He, he looks like, he I looks so will, spent. Good old Bill Paxton's already dead, so I think Is shooting he? him. <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill Paxton, you got the wrong guy, yeah. It's Bill Paxton. Oh, what am I thinking about? Oh, that's close. It's that's well, close. What was one's Bill Paxton in? One's dead. I'm so sorry. He was Bill in Paxton. Big Love. <laughs> he's also in. Um, he's in Lake Placid. <laughs> Adam was loving it. Um, Factual inaccuracies. How could this no, happen? No, Bill Paxton was in Lake Placid. Amazing. Just doing a Karen. Shout out. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. That's that's pretty much all I got for you. I started watching the Valhalla Murders tonight, an Icelandic show. So keen to get back on that foreign bandwagon. Subtitles? Hell dubs. yeah, it is, baby. English dubs. No fucking way is I watching English dubs. <laughs> My parents told me they watch English dubs, and I wanted to like fucking emancipate myself from them. <laughs> I watched uh, I watched French dubs over English movies when I was in Canada because that's what was on TV. I quite mm. enjoyed that. What a uh, weird trip that would be. Yeah, there's, it there's was only. A trip. I remember when I was um when I was over in the Netherlands, I'd go to the cinemas and like I remember in, I went to Belgium, and the cinemas the mo- they'll dub movies in German, French, and that's it. That's it for the European languages. Like <laughs> Fran- France has to have their dubs for like Marvel movies and shit. Germany too, and everyone else just get on, get on with the English, or or get out. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was weird uh, or, or unusual because I uh, just because there's so many different languages. Um, why is it only France and Germany in, in Europe that get their own special treatment? It's amazing the genres that they'll dub as well, even genres where you think maybe far and wide isn't as important. Yeah, uh, it's just a standard. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I've watched something a little unusual. Chucky has returned. Oh, no. Oh. In a series form? To, in a series form. Oh, God. And if... Well, okay. I'm someone who enjoys Chucky. If you enjoy Chucky and had watched all the films right through to Cult, which I really enjoyed, Cult and Curse, the two, like, direct-to-video uh, sequels, this is a direct continuation after those, completely obliterates the film from a couple of years back from the canon, and makes a lot of... I won't spoil anything, but makes a lot of interesting nods direct references and continuations on previous plot lines from earlier movies i've seen the old films didn't didn't mind them didn't think they were like amazing oh and the the, same voice actors and cast saw the trailer for this legit thought it was a parody i was like what (laughs) great is this trash it is fucking hilarious no it's it's brilliant it's it's exactly what I needed it to be, and it revels in what made Chucky brilliant. At the same time as take it, it seriously. Chuck, Chucky was never meant to be taken seriously, know, though. It like, was, it's just, yeah. you know what I mean. Though? Like you know, you kind of see it, and it's like a bit spooky. You know, after um, what's the films with the dolls? Insidious or the Inception? Not Inception. <laughs> oh, Conjuring! Conjuring. You're talking like Annabelle yeah, and that. Yeah. You know, nah, you know, this. Yeah, no, this is the complete opposite. This is. Chucky's fucking funny. Anyway. Um, Slappy oops. from Goosebumps. Hell yeah. Shout out to Slappy. <laughs> Little Ar- living dummy. Good lord. Shout out to R.L. Stein. He's a big 
big big fan of the uh, of the podcast. better writer than um, any of us will ever be. So I, I watched that that premiere. I think it was on nine now in the same week that I watched Halloween Kills, and it absolutely killed Halloween Kills. I do stand by. I think it was Dylan that said that that film was a bit of a stinker, and it it was. And for the same reason, I think Adam <laughs> might have pointed out. Why the fuck does the main character, without saying too much, just spend the best parts of the film in bed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It suffers from being a sequel without having its third film out yet. So when you it's watch rough. them back to back, when all three of them out are out, I'm sure it'll be decent. But as it stands as a solo film, nah, she's mm. she's rough. And what's that quote they always say? Evil dies tonight. And you just want to put your head through the TV. Oh, Is fuck, it evil mate. dies tonight? Evil dies tonight. Anyway, shit film. Uh, and I'm watching Big Mouth because that is funny as oh, no. fucking oh, consistently Mouth. continues to be so. I wanted to watch oh, that. Man. Yeah, so maybe maybe I'll give it a watch. We haven't seen it. It's great. No. Every single episode. But, um, oh, it is worth Masturbating sure. children is something that wow. shouldn't be funny and is consistently hilarious. Jordan, clip that for the soundboard, please. Well, Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've got a... By hand, does anyone have any more to add? Uh, I've got a confession to make. Nah, go f- oh. Right off the bat, that's a weird statement, segue, mate. Go for it. Oh, I don't like this at all. Uh, <laughs> so, I've been watching, uh, rewatching John Wick, but it's something over time that I've noticed more and more and more. And tonight, it just—it was the straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. You radiate such middle-aged dad energy, man. What are you watching? Like, do you watch Denzel Washington movies on your off week between John Wick rewatches? How dare you? How dare you? I am a cultured man. He loves the taking of Pelham and he won't hear otherwise. <laughs> Equalizer one, Equalizer two. Never seen it, to be honest. Um, anyway, but um, why do people in movies ask for a drink and then never fucking drink it? Like, the amount of, like, coffees and shit that gets made in drinks, uh, in films, and it just sits there and they never end up drinking it, it just, d- just don't ask the drink. Don't, like, don't say yes if, if you're, like, not going to drink it. Why? Oh, tonight, I, just, I, I saw one scene and I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I've had enough of this. Tonight. Why is this a thing? <laughs> I have the, the same issue with, I, I grew up with indoor cats. So if you, like, if you left the door open, that's a sin. Your cats will escape. You can't do it. And I've always had an issue with movies. People will open doors and just fucking leave them open and then just go in their house and do shit. Like the cats are going to get out, man. The, the cats will get out. You can't leave your door open. So, yeah, your your drink thing, similar thing I have with doors. Gives me the shits. Well, you, you really see people going to the toilet in films. Um, so maybe that's why. Because they don't want to drink too much so they don't have to go to the toilet and then get filmed going to the toilet. Hey, the, this man is a scientist for a reason. He's... <laughs> <laughs> This man also leaves his front, front door unlocked. So. <laughs> he doesn't... Don't tell my, don't tell him on my address. It's true, I do that. I was home invaded once because of it. <laughs> and you still do it? What the yeah, fuck? Shout outs, yeah. He yeah. just laughs about it. <laughs> no, no, now it's I've Australian. got so I locked the door because I've got kids. Although... But when the kids like are that's out... a hindrance. Are oh, the fucking kids now I've got to lock it. <laughs> it just feels so much freer when the kids aren't around. <laughs> Leave just leave the door wide open. Leave the keys to the ignition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, they can actually turn the key. He likes playing real life dark cells. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Come I fuck my shit up. <laughs> I do play it on hard mode a bit sometimes. It's true. That can uh, confirm. All right, we. Uh, I think we call it there. Just need patience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. 
Well, it's been lovely chatting to you. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you want to check out any of the reviews that we've spoken about tonight uh, or just check out what we've got going on, you go to www.world-play.com.au. As I said, there's going to be a comp for um, Beyond a Still Sky. Uh, and we have another comp coming up in a week and a bit for a film that is coming out. So... Uh, keep your eyes peeled for Very that. Cool. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. Enjoy playing Battlefield, Bright Memory, COD, whatever you've been. Shin playing. Megami Tensei Five, the yeah. Elden Ring Network Test, hey. um, <laughs> whatever. Cool. Do it. Catch us later. Have a good one. Stay safe. Farewell. Bye. Bye.